0: Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I am Alexis Cubitt, the high school sports writer for the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. And today I am joined by Dave Campbell, Texas football's Matt Stepp. Thanks Matt for joining, it was nice to meet you this past weekend.
2: It
0: was. It was. It was a great game on Saturday. You know, uh, Cooper came up a little bit short and there was a little, little controversy in the game. <laughs> but I uh, I thought it was a heck of a ball game and, and love it. Cooper um, had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful team. Definitely a, uh, a an elite team in the 5A Division two level this year.
1: Yeah. Well, since you brought it up, I didn't say it. I'm just I'm, you brought it up. So let's go ahead and and talk about the the high school fumble gate. Uh, what did you see there on that play?
0: Well, you know, in real speed, I mean, from our angle in the press box, it's impossible to tell uh, what happened in the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're at a tough angle. and We're not able to see right. what exactly happened. And they, they didn't show a replay uh, in the stadium. So kind of had to wait until uh, folks watching TV broadcasts were able to get it in. And, and uh, clearly McClellan fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no question about that. You see the video. Uh, it was a fumble. The refs missed it. And they blew the call, and unfortunately, it it did not help Lubbock Cooper. um, Alito scored a touchdown on the next play, the eventual game-winning score. Um, So it's a tough, it's a tough thing, and Lubbock Cooper has every right to be upset about the call. Same token, you know, some of the narratives that are being thrown out about, you know, the refs wanted Alito to win—that's silly. It's a Houston crew. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good officiating chapter. They've refed multiple state championship games. It's a good crew. They miss the call. They don't have, you know, they're watching it at real speed like we are. Right. And what folks don't understand is the mechanics of of the umpire and that in that position, he's looking at the knee first. He's not looking at the ball. He's looking at the knee to see when the when the player's knee is down. Mm-hmm. So when he sees the knee, he's, then he looks at the ball. So the the mechanics are a little weird, and you're looking at it at real speed. It can be a tough thing to call. And and talking to a lot of officials over the past couple of days. Generally speaking, when they're not sure, when it's that close and it's bang bang, mm-hmm. they lean towards the offense. That's and fair. that's just kind of the nature nature of the call. It's a tough thing. Yeah. And I hate it for the Love of Cooper. Um and uh but you know, they're not the first team that's had a, a bad call go against them in a in a semi I mean before replay, uh Alito, a couple of years earlier, the year before instant replay was implemented in the state championship games, forced a fumble. Um, In the state championship game against College mm-hmm. Station, it was very clear on replay. They forced the fumble and he mm-hmm. was called down mm-hmm. and uh, gotcha. they lost the state championship game. So it happens. Uh, it's a tough thing. But I love Cooper's got nothing to hang their head about. They were a yeah, wonderful, wonderful team.
1: Yeah. And you wonder if the same fervor would have been put into it if it happened maybe earlier in the game or, you know, a different time. It was just kind of maybe emotions are just really high, but I mean. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Know. Time and time and game situation absolutely factors into these kind of things. No doubt about it. That's a great point.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, like you said, they have nothing to to um, hang their heads about. It was an awesome season. It was fun to get to, to cover them, um, you know, getting up to this point and, you um, you know, and just even in the game, you know, a lot of people were expecting it to be very one-sided. Um, I just knew what I had heard, obviously, from Alito, because obviously I've been in West, West Texas for, you know, two years and after that somewhere else. And so, um, but just coming in, you know, Lubbock Cooper was playing with a lot of confidence, and I think you could tell that. I mean, uh, Jace McClellan was a little banged up, but they held him to 83 yards, you know, so. Uh, and then Jake Bishop, I... They, I think they knew, you know, to to key in on him. But I mean, compared to maybe past games, I feel like, you know, he really stepped up for him in those crucial moments for sure.
0: Yeah, the the bishop. I mean, first of all, Alito, you're right. Alito has really dominated when they've played teams from West Texas in the playoffs um, over the past really eight to ten years. Um, so everyone kind of does a same of Cooper's another West Texas team. Alito's going to just drill them. And they didn't. Um, so I, mean, it's kind of why the narrative pregame was like that. Cause Alito had had, had, had so much success. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bishop, he's a gamer. I mean, his two older brothers have come through Alito in one state champion, multiple state championships as the quarterbacks at Alito. And he's just kind of passing on that family, family legacy. You know, he's yeah. won a state title as a quarterback. They lost in the state championship game. As a sophomore, and he was a quarterback. So, you know, at times he was really the difference maker. I mean, the key play oh, in that, to sure. me, the key play in the game was the was that fourth and four where Cooper's got all the momentum. They got a chance to get Alito off the field mm-hmm. and he busts off that 45 yard run down yeah. the uh, Alito sideline. That, was that really, huge. I think, turned the game around to me.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think so, too, because you figure I believe they had just called a timeout before that play. I think maybe Lovett Cooper did.
0: No, I think Alito did because the they NFL were they were debating they were debating to go for it or, or punt the ball back to Cooper. And I honestly think that they punt the ball back to Cooper. Cooper with all that momentum mm-hmm. may score a touchdown and win the game, or right. kick a field goal and win the yeah. game. So I think they felt like they had to go for it. So um, credit to Alito for making that play. You know uh, Bishop made a great play and. and put his team in position to win the game.
1: Yeah. And I think just based on what you've talked about, about him, you know, playing the state championship as a sophomore, that's that kind of veteran experience and pedigree to where, you know, if one of your players is hurt or one of your players gets taken out, you can step up and you know what to do, you know? So, you know, definitely, you know, shout out to him, credit to him for that. And I mean, there's a lot of different things that kind of went into that game too, but I mean, it was a fun atmosphere, I thought, and just a really good, you know, high school football game.
0: It was. It was a great okay. game.
1: So, yeah. So, um, obviously, Lubbock Cooper will end the season 13-2, and two, best season they've had um, ever. <laughs> and Lidl will go on to play Fort Bend, Marshall. Um, the other thing, too, about Lubbock Cooper is just that a lot of their defensive players are juniors. So that bodes well, you know, moving forward in the future and that sort of thing. That's
0: a great that's a great defense. I, that's where I was most impressed with Lubbock Cooper was, um, was their defense. I thought that group, um, you know, Kobe McKenzie gets a lot of the headlines, but that group uh, at all three levels um, was very, very strong. And, and if they've got a lot of those guys back for next year, um, I think that bodes super well, like you said, for, for them uh, going into 2020.
1: Yeah, definitely. So they have uh, Carter Bradley, who came up with the, before all the, the craziness, he came up with the the fumble. Um, they'll have Garrison Smith Kobe McKenzie, who's only a sophomore actually right now, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, but just a lot of those guys back, and they'll lose their running backs, so the offense might have to to shift around a little bit. But at the same time, Cooper Lafabre is only a junior, and he I feel like he really stepped up big when you know obviously Nehemiah Martinez was out um, with an ankle deal. But um, I really thought that Cooper did a good job in stepping up, and you know he had the big 40-yard touchdown run, so. You know just a, a lot of a lot of good things um headed in uh cooper's future so and the next one, I guess you are at the uh the post game that one I didn't get to to see it. I just kind of followed along on radio, but what did you see from post there
0: um you know, I saw a really versatile offensive team that was the first thing. i mean this is a team that rotates quarterbacks in. You know, they mm-hmm. use Tatum Thetford at quarterback. They use Slade and Pittman at times at quarterback. Um, they rotate running backs in. They've got a lot of different weapons and they they can kind of plug and play with some of, the, some of the skill position players they have. That was the first thing that, that jumped off the page at me mm-hmm. was just that ability to plug and play at the different skill spots. Um, defensively, I thought and their defense in line is very, very good. They really harassed Valley View um, all game long, uh, lived in the backfield. They really dominated the point of attack. And other than the one 83-yard uh, 80, touchdown run that they had mm-hmm. um, in the first quarter, um, Valley View never, never seriously threatened to score for the rest of the game. I think the other, only other time they had the ball in post territory was when uh, post fumbled on their own 20 or so, and then Valleyview mm-hmm. came away empty um, on that series. So I thought the post defense was outstanding. They got after... Uh, Valley View's quarterback when they tried to throw the ball. Um, and then offensively, I think after struggling in the first quarter, they kind of found some things that worked for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Pittman with the zone read uh, kind of took the top off the defense and got that first touchdown. And I think from there, they started to find some things that were working. Uh, you, you could tell Valley View was very, very dead set on stopping Ashton Jefferson, mm-hmm. um, the the post running back. And that opened things up for, for um, some of the other running backs and uh, Tatum Thetford when he moved out to receiver um he was a real matchup problem for Valley View with his size and uh, he made some big plays.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's you know, when you come into the season it's like, okay, Tatum Thetford, but then once the season's going, you're like Ashton Jefferson, and then it's like, wait a minute, Tatum Thetford and Ashton and Nathan McDaniel and Slayton. So, like you said, they have a lot of a lot of pieces. They're kind of a, a fun one to watch this season because and we've talked about it before, you go from four and seven last year, you know the fourth seed in the playoffs and you lose in the first round to turning around. And I mean, you're beating teams, you know, like first game 45, 14, 32, 0, 63, 6, you know, very handily. And it's just been kind of interesting to, to see that, but they have, I guess, added a little bit of passing. It looks like with Sladen and Tatum so Tatum. Think-
0: Definitely. I mean, you know, you, you look at some of their their numbers early in the year and they were, they didn't throw the ball, I think, hardly at all. Mm-hmm. And I think as you get deeper and deeper in the playoffs, you've got to be able to throw the ball a little bit because teams are good enough where if you're one dimensional to kind of slow you down. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, talking to Coach Pittman before the game Thursday, he he mentioned it. He was like, we've always been able to throw the ball. We just haven't had to in a lot of our games. That's fair. Which is a nice luxury to have. Right. But clearly in this playoff run these past, you know, I'd say three, four weeks, they've kind of Opened the playbook up and been able to make play. I mean, the key play I think in the game was the, uh, you know, it's twenty one seven post and you know they get the ball to start the third quarter and they're they're looking at a, a third and goal from the fifteen mm-hmm. and Pittman drops the snap, picks it up and just decides to throw it up to Tatum Thetford in the end zone and his size, he's just able to go up and make a play. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that that kind of game awareness and that that. um that sense from from Pittman, who's a coach's kid, so you expect him to be smart. Right. Um, to just say, hey, I got a six foot five receiver out here who's got a five foot nine corner on him. Let me just throw it up and see if he can make a play. Um, I think being able to throw the ball and, and being in those situations has really helped the post offense uh, and, and post get to this point.
1: Yeah, and another thing too. This is another team that you know last year Coach Pittman has said you know we weren't ready last year. We still had a lot of youth, but this year you figure. You know, with the exception of um, I think Tatum. Tatum's a senior, but pretty much everybody else is a junior.
0: Yeah, that's that's the uh, it's it's I think that's the scary thing for two A Division one mm-hmm. is you look at Post and this could be they could be right back in this spot again next year. Now, obviously, looking at realignment next year, Cisco is going to drop down they'll be a tough team coming down from three A. But I would say Post, just with their with their youth and the experience, and it's the most underrated thing during this playoff run. Is those younger guys, those freshmen and sophomores who aren't playing? I've mm-hmm. got to practice for an extra six weeks now. Yep. And so now they're getting better. They're they're coming out and they're they're getting some work in. You know, even in a couple of the early round blowouts, getting to play in a playoff game as a okay. freshman or a sophomore, huge experience for those guys. And it, that's how you build um, year in and year out program depth.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I will give you you your credit. You have been talking about post since the beginning that's of right. the season
0: <laughs> that's right I mean, that's right I told Carlos preseason they were my, my sleeper pick and man they've, they've made me look uh really really smart and I won't take full credit for it I had a bunch of coaches at coaching school from West Texas tell me hey watch out for post watch out for post yeah I was so.
1: gonna say a lot of the the district I know um Adam Cummings there at Sundown for sure he talked about them and you know Matt Hill at New Deal those guys a lot of them I think um, we're ready for – they could see, I guess, maybe the potential last year. Um, and I, obviously this year they've just really, really taken ho- taken off with it. And now they're – It's
0: weird. Sometimes those coaches are smart, aren't they? It's yeah. crazy how that
1: works, right? <laughs> Funny how that works. They just – you know, they just give out coaching jobs anyway. So, you know. But, yeah, no, for sure. They can hire us. I mean, we can coach, right? right? They <laughs> hire us, right? Right. You, can be, you,
0: you, you, you strike me as an offensive coordinator. though. I think. I think you're like a spread offense kind of gal – you Want to throw the ball around and you know, he you strike me as an offensive coordinator.
1: I don't know, I kind of like defense though, just a little what? bit. Okay, yeah, okay. you know, just those 10 7 games, those are the, the fun ones, I think. Okay, you know, just a little bit, but I mean, hey, not
0: and not because it's early on deadline, right? It's that's, right, that's the, right, <laughs> no, to do deadline. Really
1: well. What is that? What is a deadline? All right. <laughs> So this week they'll have um, refugio. I think I'm saying that right.
0: Th- uh, I'll I'll correct you so you don't get you don't get butchered by the. It's refurio. Refurio, Ref, okay. Refurio, yeah. They'll, it's weird pronunciations. It's one of it's one of our weird Texas pronunciations. I was
1: gonna say it's kind of like meta, but when you read it, it looks like meadow. I've learned that also. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so refurio would, um, you know, obviously, just from the scores, they kind of look like. You know, kind of same deal with post, where it's going to be a big defensive game. But um, you know, what's what's Refugio looking like?
0: Well, they're, they're a traditional power out of South Texas. I believe this is the fourth time in the last five years they've actually played for the state championship. And I believe they're two and one um, in those title games the past five years. I believe no, one and two. So they lost to Canadian okay. in 2015 in the title game uh, okay. down in Houston. They lost to Canadian. They beat Crawford in 2016, and then in 2017 they lost to Mart in the state title game. Okay. And then last year they were beaten by Mason uh, mm, in the uh, okay. regional final. If memory serves me correctly. So this is a this is a perennial power. This is a team that that is used to playing at AT and T Stadium. This is old hat for them. They've won a bunch of state titles in school history. They're kind of one of the one of the real legacy programs uh, in uh, South Texas. So. That's going to be something the post is going to have to contend with, because there's no doubt about it. When you go to AT&T Stadium, you're playing in a state championship. You're on that big stage. It's a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And how you're prepared for that um, is going to be key. So it'll be really interesting to see, um, you know, is post going to come into town on Tuesday and spend the night. You know, that's going to be a different thing because, you know, a lot of kids in these in small towns. And then, I mean, I remember at state championships a few years ago, there was some kids from a town and they didn't know how to use a hotel room key. because They'd never stayed in a hotel before. Yeah. Yeah, so you, that's, that's all new and different and so um coaches and kids are real creatures of habit so how they deal with that is going to be interesting because refurio's done it you know their mm-hmm. coaching staff has been to the state championship game a bunch of times they've been there done that yeah um, so that's the how, how post handles the atmosphere is going to be key and then when you look at on the field um i think refurio is going to present some some matchup problems for post because um they've got a lot of different weapons austin ochoa is a uh, a three-year starter at quarterback. He's a big kid. He can throw the ball well. They've got Najee Gadsden at running back. They've got Isidro Muscoro at running back. They've got um, Antoine Gross at receiver. They've got Jordan Kelly. They've got a lot of weapons at the skill spots that I think will put pressure um, on post. In fact, I would I would give the edge at the skill positions to Referio. Mm-hmm. I think they've got um, a little bit better depth and a little bit better speed. The key for post is going to be trying to win that battle up front. If they can dominate the game up front, put pressure on Ochoa, and rush rushes throws, shut down Refurio's running game, I think that will bode well for Post chances to win the game. Mm-hmm. The other X factor in this game is Refurio's health. They're very banged up right now. Um, Austin Ochoa has been dealing with, the, with a with knee issue the past couple of weeks. Jordan Kelly sprained his ankle in the regional final against Holland. Um, he didn't play. He, he missed the three quarters of that game. He, he sprained his ankle in the first quarter and missed most of the game. I believe he played last week against St. Augustine, but I don't think he was 100% healthy. Okay. So those are two key elements for Refurio. How how healthy are they on a short week? They played on Thursday. You got to play on Wednesday. So now that's a short week, not a lot of rest. So True. Um, that's something to keep an eye on as well. If I'm a post fan is the health of Refurio specific quarterback. i Austin Ochoa.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, uh, post has basically been doing all season, but just like you mentioned that battle up front, as far as, you know, that line and being able to get out and run, I think that'll, um, just be a good test for them, and you know, and like you mentioned, actually, I feel like that the off the field stuff is a lot of times kind of underrated because you think, oh, just go play a game, but you figure, you know, Post is not exactly close to Arlington, <laughs> so you fi- you you know factor that into it, and like you said, you know, who knows if they you know have other stuff that they're they're dealing with and all that other stuff. So I think that um, yeah, for sure, it will be something that you know, you have to kind of keep an eye on definitely.
0: Absolutely. Cause you're dealing with kids. I mean, these are, these are, as we look at them and we think of just football players, but when you take the pads off of them, they're still 15 and 16 and 17 right. year old boys and any little change in routine can sometimes uh, throw them off. So I think it's going to be real key for post and the coaching staff to kind of have a schedule, have a routine, um, have all the off the field stuff with everybody's, everybody's parents trying to figure out how they're going to get to the game, mm-hmm. Tickets, and all that other stuff, you know, it's the little things like where are we going to eat at, you know, mm-hmm. for lunch? What are we going to eat? When do we leave? Do we get a hotel room? Do we just come in the day of the game? There's all kinds of little uh, ins and outs factors that are going to be um, uh, factored into this, and you know, the and I don't think the distance is going to be a huge issue because mm-hmm. Refugio's, I think, like a seven hour. I mean, Refugio's down by Corpus Christi. It's like a seven oh, wow. hour drive. Yeah. So um, Refugio's probably got a little bit longer to travel than Post, for but sure. the fact that they done this before right. i think is going to be the biggest factor uh whereas post this is all kind of new so mm-hmm. i'll be interested to see kind of how coach Pittman has tuesday and wednesday lined up for the for mm-hmm. his players
1: the the benefit i guess of that is it's 7 p.m game so it gives them a little time if they did want to uh drive down wednesday for that uh champion yes game.
0: yeah for sure because i mean i think if the game was was the 11 a.m game on thursday you'd almost have to come in and what a lot of teams right. do um I know this is your first time in state championships, but you'll see it. Um, a lot of teams will come in a day early and they'll take the kids to the stadium to watch an earlier game mm-hmm. and let them just kind of walk around the stadium and hopefully get some of that ooh and ah factor out of the out of the kids before the game starts. Right. You know, you'll see teams show up on Thursday night that are playing on Friday and they'll sit in the stands and watch for a couple of quarters just, just to kind of get it all out of their system because. There is an ooh and off factor. It's stadium. The stadium. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember. I remember last year before the Beaumont Westbrook Longview game. I'm down there in the tunnel, and the Beaumont Westbrook drill team and band was walking in, and those kids were just their their jaws dropped. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're you know they have been to NRG Stadium, but AT and T Stadium is a completely completely different animal.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And so then, actually, before that game, we'll have uh, Matador or Motley County, rather, um, in Richland Springs. Motley County seemed to kind of surprise a lot of people, at least they did for me, because in our coverage area, you know, we thought it'd be, okay, Borden County or Jayton, but then, you know, Motley County went and, you know, beat the team that beat Jayton. And it's just been kind of an interesting deal. And especially considering they have so many sophomores too, that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. You wonder if they're a year early. I mean, I I don't, I don't follow the six man game super close, but talking to some folks who do um, they're definitely a surprise, um, you know, they're kind they're kind of going up against one of those legacy six man programs mm-hmm. in Richland Springs, who I think they're going for their um, them and Alito actually are going for their ninth state championships right. this week, which would be a, a record in, in the state of Texas. Um, so uh, you look at Motley County, how young they are, and kind of you know being a year early, another some <clears throat> you know I would think Richland Springs is probably the the favorite in this game, but I know the six man game is super unpredictable, and when you have a hot team. Uh, rolling and anything can happen. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, pull the upset.
1: Yeah, and it'll be a rematch. Um, I believe I saw in 2011 the two teams played in Richland Springs, got the edge over them that season. So I'm sure that's probably on their minds a little bit. And then they'll have um, Jake Richards who um, beat or he set the new single-season rushing record, I believe it is, for six-man there at Motley. So. You know, and he's one of the sophomores, too. So that's definitely some. That's incredible that he
0: did that as a sophomore.
1: Yeah. So that's someone I'm sure Richland Springs will definitely key in on. Um, And again, that will be a 2 p.m. game on Wednesday. Um, Matt, are there any other games that you have your eye on or that you want to kind of shout out?
0: Oh, I'd say uh, the games I'm most looking forward to. So I think Post and Motley County are y'all's only two mm-hmm. area teams. Yeah. Um, when you stay out West Texas, I'm really excited to see Mart versus Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Um, that Hamlin team is really fun to watch. Um, it, you know, Mart's won. Um, I believe they're going for their third straight state title. And I know Alexis, you're familiar with Mart and their tradition, having mm-hmm. spent some time in Waco and going to college at Baylor. So I know you know about the Mart Panthers and what right. they bring to the table. So. Super excited to see that game. Hamlin's got this 300-pound fullback, tight end, defensive tackle named Austin Lozano, who kind of he kind of went viral based on his off one of his touchdown receptions against Wellington. Okay. he's a big kid who moves really well, and you don't usually usually see that at a two A level. So yeah,
1: I was thinking. That.
0: <laughs> yeah, super excited to see that. And Mart, you know, if you're looking at recruiting, Mart's got a kid, uh, a running back, Rodrell Freeman, who actually already holds an offer from Texas Tech. Okay. Um, as a as a junior at two A. So that's very impressive. He's a really he, he played quarterback from Mark last year as a sophomore and led him to a title when the starter got hurt. Now he's playing tailback. He's a great athlete. He's got a Texas Tech offers and I get a bunch of other Division one offers. He's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That's one game I'm excited about. I'm excited about Waco La Vega and Carthage. I think that's just gonna be a bloodbath. Two really physical and fast teams that are gonna, for lack of a better term, beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Yeah. And then uh obviously north shore and duncanville what happened last year in the state title game with the hail mary mm-hmm. um the rematch a little bit of shines taken off when duncanville's quarterback got hurt um yeah. in the game against Rockwall. he's committed to texas he's a great player um so but duncanville still got a lot of great athletes a lot of, i remember we walked on the field before that game last year and it felt like a college game and i think i talked to one of our recruiting guys um in that game last year duncanville north shore there were over 40 players who had division one scholarship offers on both teams combined. So that's the kind of uh, talent that you'll see in that Duncanville North shore game. It's pretty, pretty impressive. It'll be, you can't make it out. I encourage anyone who can make it out to AT&T stadium to do so mm-hmm. first off, go watch post and then go support uh, your local team. Right. But uh, I say make a weekend of it. If you can, it's a, it's a, it's a singular sports experience mm-hmm. um, and it's football overload and it's, it's an awesome weekend. It's, it's great to see as the weekend goes along, the crowds start to grow and grow as the schools get larger and larger. So you get to Saturday when there's 50,000 people in the stadium right. at a high school football game.
1: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I was gonna mention that, that La Vega game because that's a, a team that I always heard about them. And obviously I, I you know covered Midway with my internship, but yeah, La Vega, I think they had a little bit of a dip off at one point, but looks like they're starting to, to, kinda, to come up again. And fun fact about that Duncanville game, their coach, Duncanville's coach, Coach Samples, is a hall of fame, a hall of fame meme in my phone right now. I still have a picture of his face saved oh, in my yeah. phone as a meme. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and there's a, a on Duncanville coaching staff. There's actually a a little bit of 806 kind of pride there. Uh, their offensive coordinator is Eric Mims, and he is from Amarillo. He's a graduate of Paladuro. So, um, if you're looking for a local tie, kind of, I know Amarillo is not close to Lubbock, but kind of. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Um, there's a little bit of a tie in there as well.
1: I was gonna say, I'm willing to bet you he's probably related to the uh, Coronado's boys basketball coach Ernest Mims.
0: I believe it's his brother.
1: Okay. I so believe they are. I, I believe
0: Eric and Ernest are brothers. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. Good call, Alexis. There you go. So there's there's your local tie. If you're looking for a local tie to the the North Shore game, Eric. Eric Mims, whose brother Ernest is the head boys basketball coach at Coronado. I think a very good coach as well, from what I understand.
1: Yeah, they're starting to kind of to get a rhythm. I think a lot of their players are still a little young. Um, they just started uh, district last Tuesday, kind of took Monterey to the wire a little bit. Then third quarter, Monterey kind of went off. But definitely some potential there and in some future. It's just, you know, you got a first year coach and then you have some inexperienced players who... Our seniors, but didn't necessarily get to play a lot of varsity last year, so just a little bit of growing pains. But I'm sure he'll do a great job. I think he did a, a good job at, um, I was at Paladuro. I think as an assistant. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're, they're Paladuro alums. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So there you go. There's your local tie.
1: All right. Well, that's a there, another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Want to thank you, Matt Step, for for talking with us and. On the next segment, I will have post-coach Michael Pittman, so we can get some more, a little more detail on that uh, state championship game from him and all that good stuff. So, uh, if you're interested in that, you guys keep listening. And uh, yeah, keep to-
0: listening. Don't turn it off. Listen to Alexis and Coach Pittman.
1: <laughs> there you go, from the man himself, Matt Step. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you. welcome back to the second segment of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm here with post coach Michael Pittman. Coach, how's everything going?
2: It's going good. It's been hectic. Uh, been a lot of fun, but it's uh, real crazy right now.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I know we talked this past weekend, it's a lot of moving pieces going on. How do you feel like the guys are just processing all of this, you know, newness as far as, you know, making program history and like you mentioned, finals and everything like that?
2: You know, um, hopefully um, they're doing a good job. Um, you know, like I said, a lot of the you know, we're, we're trying to take a lot of the hectic stuff for them, um, and um, you know, they're, um, you know, we've talked to them about the stadium, and uh, you know, the field's the same size, and and uh, you know, there's lots of little things, and but you know, like I said, I, hopefully they're doing a good job of it, and I, I think they are.
1: How have you just seen them process the season as a whole? I mean, you know, to go undefeated, <coughs> you know, have a chance at a state championship, you know, just there's a lot of you know, just as far as on the field things.
2: Oh yeah, you know there's lots of things that go into getting there. It's it's not easy getting to this game. Uh, you know you got to have a little luck. Uh, you got to stay uh, pretty healthy. Um, you know, uh, and, and they've done a good job. You know we've had some big games, and um, you know it seems like um, they've done a really good job of refocusing after. <laughs> excuse me, after um, after a big game. Um, you know, kind of putting that on the back burner and, and kind of forgetting about that and moving on to that next challenge.
1: We've talked about this all season, but you go from, you know, four and seven to undefeated on your way to the state championship game with essentially the same team. What did you see maybe during the off season or during summer that would have suggested that motivation or <coughs> players, you know, having that that gumption to do this?
2: Well, you know, probably the biggest thing is the mentally uh, got a lot tougher mentally, um, got a lot stronger physically, a um, lot faster, you know you know, four and seven last year. But, you know, those kids, uh, they weren't ready for varsity, most of them. Uh, So, you know, they should have been playing the JV schedule, a lot of them. But, you know, uh, we got them some work and um, they, they just had to step up and play last year whether they were ready or not. And, you know, in kind of hindsight, that might have kind of got them a little more ready for this year coming in.
1: I guess it's that, I guess, trust the process, that's been a popular phrase. But would you say that's kind of what they had to do last year?
2: Oh, yeah, you know, and I I don't think – like I said, uh, you know, our kids, they're – you know, in post in general, we're we're used to being pretty successful. Uh, You know, we've had some good teams. And um, so, you know, they grow up seeing that. Uh, They grow up expecting that. Uh, You know, a lot of them are juniors. Um, And – you know, as a class and, you know, they've always been pretty successful. So, you know, I think going, at, you know, after last year, uh, a lot of them, you know, kind of had a sour, sour taste in their mouth and, you know, were just uh, wanting to kind of get that taste out. And so they really did a good job focusing, you know, and it's not just this season, you know. That this whole thing started in the last offseason.
1: And then you figure, I mean, you guys have had some really big games defensively where, you know, you're shutting people out or keeping them to, to one touchdown. Um, What's working there on that side
2: of the ball? You know, probably the biggest thing, you know, people ask us why defense is, uh, you know, why our defense is successful? And, you know, probably if you could point to one thing, it's just because our kids are going to run to the football and they're going to hustle. And, uh, you know, we we don't want to bunch of kids uh you know with a bunch of solo tackles um uh, you know if we got a bunch of kids with a bunch of solo tackles we're probably not doing a very good job defensively so you know we harp on um you know we want more assisted tackles than we want solo tackles and and kids you know buy in and um uh, you know that's kind of you know we're going to try to hang our hat on our defense and uh you know that 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 hadn't changed throughout the years you know we're going to try to be uh, very sound defensively and and uh, and then move the ball and try to score on offense.
1: You mentioned Tay as maybe being that, <coughs> one of those pieces. How does he factor into that and just, you know, getting everybody rallied and make getting those assists.
2: Yeah. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's, uh, definitely for those linemen, you know, he, he's kind of the leader of that group. Uh, you know, he, uh, he has a good motor. Uh, usually when Tay plays well, the, the rest of the linemen and not just the linemen, the rest of the team, a lot of the team feeds off of that. And, uh, you know, he just plays hard and, and is usually in the right spot. And um, like I said, when when the kids feed off that and we can get the, all of them kind of on the same page, then, you know, we, we can do some good things.
1: When you go from, you know, West Texas, which was, you know, obviously a good team, and then you go Holly and then Valley View holding them to only one touchdown. How have you seen just the confidence of the team, you know, increase as this postseason has gone along?
2: Yeah, you know, that's another part of it. You know, we talked about that mental toughness. You know, we're a lot more mentally tough this year but uh you know as we became more mentally tough uh, you know and had a couple of good wins well I could see our confidence you know growing and uh, you know we have lots of kids that are, are, are really confident right now and and uh and that's the way you know just doing a lot better.
1: Then going on the offense and you've had several different um uh, different pieces I mean you have the three running backs and then Slayton uh you know what is just makes I guess these guys so versatile because, I mean, you have Slayton who's throwing, and then you have Tatum who's throwing, but then Tatum also runs and catches, and and catches. just seems like a lot of, you know, uh, versatility.
2: Oh, yeah, you know, it, it is. Uh, you know, number one, probably they're all really smart kids. Uh, you know, they, they can adapt, and, you know, they can do uh, – they're very talented as far as physically, mentally, uh, you know, and – able to do lots of different things you know the, not just one thing um, you know Tatum's our leading receiver um, you know uh, and and I haven't run him you know last couple of weeks I've run Slayton a lot more in which I didn't run him much early in the year because you know he's plays that middle linebacker he's not the biggest kid in the world so you know I didn't want to get too beat up and you know take that chance but we've run him a little bit more and he's done a great job in the running game the last few games for us uh, you know Nathan McDaniel you know Ashton you know they 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 communicate well so we can get in the game, we can kind of move it around and and uh most time they have a great idea of what we're trying to do, but uh you know if if it's tight in the game, you know well, they can kind of help each other out, hey, you got to do this on this play and and you know they're just smart
1: and you mentioned obviously running is something that you know you guys hang your hats on, but passing seems to be coming up a little more too, is that. Um, just the game plan? Or is that something you've held off on for now? Or how has that passing game just expanded?
2: Well, you know, a lot of it, you know, we're, we're going to try to take <laughs> take what the uh, defense gives us. Um, you know, so a lot of times, you know, when we get that running game going, then we'll get a lot of people inside. You know, people start sucking in, and it opens up the passing game. And then when we go um, – when we go um, – we start throwing it, then we can kind of loosen people out, and then we'll come back and we'll start running. So, you know, a lot of it's not necessarily game plan stuff, it's just we try to take what the defense is going to give us.
1: How have you seen that play out just against Valley View this past weekend?
2: You know, it worked really well. Uh, you know, we uh, um, you know, they, they packed the box on us, and you know, it took us a two or three series to kind of get them figured out, and kind of get in the rhythm, but you uh, you know, once we did, uh, you know, we did a great job. Our, our our line did a great job, and and so we were able to start getting some first downs. And then uh, once once we got those first downs, uh, you know, they again like we talked about, they started packing some more people back in there and that opened up the passing game.
1: You'll have a big one, obviously. This will be win or lose. This will be the last game of the season against Refereo. Um What kind of emotion goes into that? Just knowing that, like I said, either way, this is this is it.
2: You know, right now I'm I'm trying not to. You know, I'm just trying to get ready. I you know, we've talked to our kids about, you know, hey, we gotta finish this thing off. Uh, you know, it's not time to start reflecting, you know, yeah, we're we're excited, we're happy to be there, but you know, we got one more game and you know, we just gotta hold that focus in for two or three more days and then and then once we're done then, you know, I know we're gonna look back and we've made a lot of great memories. Uh, they've made a lot a lot of great memories in those uh, in that dressing room and and um, it's just you know, but right now is not the time to kind of look back on our season because we've got a couple of days to go.
1: Yeah. And then speaking of which, without giving away too much, what's the game plan against throw? What are you, you know, hoping to establish right away?
2: Well, you know, we always try to go in, and, and, and no matter who we're playing, and I, I doubt it would be any difference this week. But, you know, we're going to try to establish the run, see if we can get the run game going, uh, move the sticks. And and, and the uh, biggest thing for us is just try to find some type of rhythm. Once we can kind of get in the rhythm, you know, and then and then that opens up the passing game or, or whatever we need to do.
1: What'll be I guess the key to, to stopping the frio in their offense?
2: Just uh kinda like we've done all year, just gotta run the football, be be lined up in the right position when uh, the ball snapped, uh, you know, uh, get aligned, uh, tackle good and then and, and just, just hustle and fly around do do what we've done all year long.
1: Like I said, I don't want to see me reflecting too much but was there a point in the season where you said, "Okay, you know, we can take this all away," or a point where you know things just felt like, you know, we can make a good run at this?
2: Well, you know, I don't know if there's a you know a point where we said we can take this all, other than last last week when we were taking the knee. But you know, you know, we've always tried to keep it just one game at a time. But you know, there's been points throughout the season where you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, "Hey, you know, we got a chance to be pretty good." And, you know, and I knew coming into the season, you know, uh, that we were going to be a solid football team, and and but you never know, you know, you got to have some balls bounced the right way to get to this level, and and you know avoid those injuries, but so you never know that for sure. But you know, I thought throughout the year, you know, I thought, man, we're we're not a bad team, uh, you know, we're playing some pretty good teams, and and um, you know doing a great job, and then like I said, with the kids, we'd finish up with that one game, and and. You know, they pretty much forgot about it, and it's time to move on. A
1: lot of good wins against a lot of good teams this season. Another good team coming up this week, and we'll be out there watching you, Coach. So.
2: All right. Sounds good. Thank you all. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, and you've been listening to another edition of the Lone Star of RC Podcast.